When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame. My name is Kelsey Winger. That is Peter Moylan, and that is our Captain O, our Captain Clark Kent, Maddie Matz. Anybody want to try to guess whose autograph this is? I was just going to say, I was just going to ask who it was. Uh, That looks like Chris Bryant. Are you serious, dude? I guess I can see the K, the B, and the T, and the Y. That was really impressive, I just took a though. Stab. I was not I took expecting a stab. you to be able to get that that quickly. Did you see my Pop Chips episode of my taste testing? Did you happen to see that already? I didn't see I that one. Oh, but Pop Chips are so good. Dude. I don't know that they were. They were Pop Corners, or I think I don't. Yeah, Pop Corners are so good. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, so I was so confident in that too. So I just feel like I, if you ooze confidence. 40% of the time you will get it, half the time. Yeah. Hey, that's hitting 400 in baseball. That's right. Um, th- I haven't talked to like either of you guys on We Zoom haven't seen each other. In so long. I know. In a month. And I feel like I need to give a disclaimer off the top of the show that Casey and I are renovating our bathroom right now. So our contractor is currently working. So you might hear some very loud noises. Um, that's the only life update that I have. Peter, mm. how is Australia? Australia's going good. Family's still here. It's been amazing. Uh, Christmas was incredible. It's the first time the family had been together in almost eight years. Are you talking Mandy and Leilani are up there? Or what are you Mandy saying? Mandy and Leilani are still here in, in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Christmas was everybody, the whole one side of the family. Wow. There was 16 of us, I think, on Christmas Day. Um, so that was incredible. Plus, Western Australia had their borders closed for three years. So even though I was in the country mm. the last two years, I wasn't able to see either one of my parents. Yeah. So that was huge. I got to see everybody. It's been awesome. And I get to go back next week for a couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Are you still enjoying so, managing? I'm loving managing. I'm learning so much. It's not Good. just, I mean, there's so much to managing that, that, you just don't realize that yeah. it's, it's just people. You're just managing people. Yeah. There's 25, 24 different personalities you got to deal with every single week. And it's, it's, I love it, but it's, it's also hard. It's not, it's not certainly not a walk in the park. Obviously you like knew the game of baseball really well, right? I mean, 310 career ERA, but how much like more <laughs> have you learned about like the game and strategy? Like how much has managing just kind of opened your eyes to things? Honestly, the baseball side of it hasn't changed. I, okay. you, know, you get in certain situations, it's almost like blackjack. It's like you, you get in a situation and you know what you're really supposed to do. You can mm-hmm. kind of try and outsmart people, but in the long run, you pretty much play by the book. It's the personality part of it. It's the, okay. 
It's the having to tell a guy that he hasn't made the roster. It's it's uh, it's that part of it that like, I've never had to do that before. I've always been everyone's friend. Like, ah, man, sorry, sorry, the manager told you that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've got your back. Yeah. Whereas now I'm the guy having to tell someone that they haven't made the roster and why and and explain it and it's 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 different. I'm the guy making the decisions on who comes in. You know, from from the bullpen, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's been really cool. The team, the team has, in a word, probably underperformed. If I'm being honest, we've been hit with some, some you know, injuries and and COVID for a little while, and then guys just. And here's the thing: we we play like this last weekend. We played two games. Sorry, four games in in the span of twenty something hours. Probably even less than that. The way that you explained it to me. Yeah, we had a three o'clock on a Saturday, a seven o'clock on a Saturday, a ten thirty a.m. Sunday, and a two o'clock Sunday. So yeah, you're right. It was it was pretty quick. Yeah. So if if you're a hitter and you're not feeling it for a couple of days, it's not like you get to play every day. It's you've got to you've got to try and concentrate it into these two days. And if you you're having a bad run, then that's just what you got to go mm-hmm. with. So um, it's you no. Know, we as I said to you, I've learned so much that we're going to carry into next year. Um, yeah. We have a. It looks like we we're going to miss the playoffs unless we can win out. We're going to miss the playoffs, so uh, which is the first time in a, in a while, which is frustrating. But mm-hmm. I'm just pumped with how much I've learned, and I, I can come back and take control of, of a few more things next year. Yeah. When when does that regular season end? Twenty uh, second of January. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, and then the playoffs will run until the fifth of February. And how long will you stay in Australia? I leave on the seventh of February. Okay. So for anybody on who's tracking my flight, you know, you can come and meet me at the airport and give me a welcome home parade. Mm-hmm. Maddie, how's everything going at John Boy? There's like a ton, ton of stuff going on over there. Everything is good. A lot of 2023 planning currently in the works. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, the ship is moving, or I should say the speedboat is moving. It's flying. Yeah, everything is looking good. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Hey, Peter. Yes. Where is Carlos Correa going to end up? Uh, Atlanta Braves. Hey, Maddie. Where is Carlos Correa going to end up? Um, The Japanese League. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a joke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's the NPB. Yeah. I don't honestly, why has the, is the Mets thing done? Can we say no, that it's done now? I don't think it's, I don't think it's done either. I don't think it's, I don't think it's done yet. I still think that's likely where he ends up. But when I say likely, I think it's like a 60% chance. So yeah. like a little more than half. Mm-hmm. But like, what, what is, I don't know, man. What's up. his what is his contract gonna look like that he gets? Like still the high AAV, but like for five or six years. And I don't know, man. It's it's a saga to follow along with. It's freaking wild. I don't know if saga just just so I'm clear, just so I'm clear. He failed the first physical because of his back. And he failed the second physical because of his ankle. I don't think it was his back why he failed the first physical. Oh. But I think his back had been bothering him last year. So a lot of people thought that it was his back. Okay. But then there were a lot of people making jokes that he hurt his back from carrying the team. So I don't know if those back if those back uh, problems were a joke or not. But, um, you know, I'm not an AL gal. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's going to be wild to follow along with. Also, Pete, uh, yes. on a more somber note, yes, um, Liam, Liam Hendricks. Hendricks. Yeah, that was uh, obviously blindsided everybody yesterday. Um, but he's a if one thing we know about Liam is he's a fighter, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, you read it in his in his posts. He's going to be back stronger than ever. But yeah, what a punch in the face that was. Yeah. Um, Have you been able to talk to him yet? I texted with him yesterday, just a quick, I know he's going to be getting mm-hmm. crushed with messages. So I just threw a text message to him and he responded. And uh, in typical Liam fashion, hope you guys are doing great. You know, like, yeah. With, <laughs> doesn't matter about us, big fella. It's about you right yeah. now. So yeah. It's, but uh, shout out to him and his wife yeah. and their cats. Um, he'll be uh, he'll be back. And Rick Hahn said that there's going to be no update on his playing status until at least the start of the season. So everybody just calm down and have him get back healthy, and he'll be back better than ever. Yeah, we're thinking of a man that was absolutely getting those notifications yesterday. You just oh. hate you hate getting those. Yeah. Um, so- and on a on a selfish level, like I'm sitting there thinking to myself for the last couple of weeks, you know, oh, I wonder why Liam hasn't announced he's going to pitch for the Australian team, the WBC, you know, what's, what's he doing? And like, you never really know what someone's dealing with in the back end of their lives. So, you know, it's got to be conscious of that a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be thinking of him. So sad. Okay. Do you guys want to dive into the episode now that we've kind of like lollyganged? First of all, this is going to be a three person conversation. We have some news. We are changing the format of Farm to Fame um, for this upcoming year, for 2023. So we want to explain to you guys what that format is going to look like. We Farm to Fame still exists. We're still going to have episodes. We're just going to tweak the format um, a little bit. So we're pivoting to more like concentrated episodes around. Punchy? Punchy? Uh, punchy episodes. I've just got the boxing punchy. thing on. So okay. I throw punch in there. Punchy episodes. Yeah. around our most popular times of the year. So it's essentially going to involve two seasons per year. We're going to have spring training season in March, and then we're going to have the MLB draft season in June and July. When we're doing that spring training season in March, we're going to highlight the top prospects from each position. So hopefully try to give you guys an understanding of who to be paying attention to, who we could see coming up this year, names that you need to know, and hopefully get you familiar with all of the top prospects um, around baseball. Uh, Because that's what like we want to do on our show that we hopefully have made clear over the last two years. It's like we want you guys to know who these guys are coming up and who you're going to be cheering for and who you're going to be seeing. Um, So we're going to really concentrate on that. And then when we do the MLB draft season, we're going to preview and recap the MLB draft. We might be talking to some of the draft prospects um, and just really getting you got. Yeah, Pete, teaser. Um, (laughs) We might be uh, we'll just be getting you guys prepared um, for names to be paying attention to. We'll probably recap some of the college seasons a little bit. Um, so each season is going to have up to 10 episodes. And then we're also going to have like bonus one-off episodes throughout the rest of the year. If we have different guests who want to come on, um, like when we had our Reggie Crawford episode, like if guys like that um, reach out and want to come on, or if there's somebody that we make a connection with and we want them to come on, like we still want to be able to bring you guys those conversations and those personalities where you can get to know those guys um, on a deeper level. 
And um, if you guys, I'm assuming that you follow John Boy Media on um, Farm to Fame, if you saw like those rapid fire interviews that I did last year um, with some of the, I mean, we got some really cool guys on there. Um, we're going to be doing that with prospects as well. So make sure you guys are looking out for that on our social media, Pete, Maddie. Mm -hmm. Anybody yes. want to toss anything in there? No, you nailed it. Yeah, that was really well said. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I'm excited for the new format. Not that I haven't enjoyed seeing you guys every single week for the last two years. Sad, yeah. But, you know, there comes a time when changes need to be made. Yeah, and it's going to be a little bit easier for us. Um, obviously, hey. Peter and I, what, Pete? For, for Maddie to. Yeah. But right we... now, sorry, he's right above me. Yes. I'm pointing out. We are always trying to finesse. Um, obviously, Peter and I are on two different broadcast teams, and I work out on the West Coast, and Peter and Maddie are on the East Coast. So um, always just trying to like get that every single week around um, our game schedules and our travels um, is always interesting, and Maddie has always been up for the challenge. But um, we're still going to be here. We're still going to have our social channels and, uh, you, you ain't getting rid of your favorite Aussie. No, you're not Can't getting rid of them. Can't be done. Can't okay. Be done. So you're going to, you're going to have a weekly LSU update or you're just going to keep it to the, the bi-weekly. <laughs> I, um, the top prospect in the draft, which we're about to talk about is an LSU guy. Is um, he? Yeah. The number four guy in the draft is an LSU guy, projected draft prospect. Um, they're going to be good this year, Pete. Are they? Boy, would I freaking love to get you down to Alec Box in Baton Rouge to experience some real college baseball. Can I just give you a – so when I first came over here back in the 1996 area of – it was 96. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But LSU was the team that everybody – would look to in college baseball, tin bats. And it was just, it was just a fun time to watch the college world series. It was, so I'm, I'm very fond and familiar of LSU baseball and I would love to get down there. And my wife's from New Orleans. So, I mean, I always forget that. There's like a ties there. Yeah. That's like something uh, I always say. I like, I just want to get down there so bad to to go to another baseball game. Like when I was a student, I didn't miss a single football game, went to a ton of baseball games and I just haven't been back. And like, it's so mm. much, it's just a different world. Anyway, what you happens started if you that go, conversation. What happens if you go back? Do they like, do they like, oh my God, Kelsey Wingett's here. And do they no. like open up the, the gates and you run on the field holding I a flag have, or something? Or? I have not pulled. I think I have like, two tickets right where i can like message someone and be like hey i want to come down and like yeah. get set up and i haven't used them yet okay but i i i'm trying to pick and choose i went to a bama game a couple of years ago and that was cool but um like football well, but i'm hope i hope casey doesn't get offended when i take his ticket <laughs> i think <laughs> i don't think you'd have a hard time us getting you tickets um yes. okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so we're going to go quickly over the top prospects that are coming up in the 2023 draft. College baseball season is about to start. Normally opening weekend for college baseball is Valentine's Day weekend, February 14th weekend. I don't know if that's what it is this year. I'm assuming that's what it is this year. Is but cold? Yeah. Like, do they play in snow and stuff? 
Yeah. That's I mean, really early to not be in Florida yeah. or Arizona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, their season usually starts second week of February. Um, so these are some guys that you're going to be hearing about a lot this college baseball season and ultimately be hearing about them um, in the MLB draft coming up in July. So I'll start. Okay. Okay. So the top draft prospect of 2023 is Dylan Cruz, Louisiana State University outfielder. He's 20 years old. Okay. In 2022, played in 62 games. Remember, SEC West, one of the best college baseball conferences in all the land. He hit 349 with 11 doubles, four triples, 22 home runs, 72 RBI, five stolen bases, 42 walks to 56 strikeouts. And 11.53 OPS, and he was named Co-SEC Player of the Year in 2021. He led all. He led the SEC with 163 total bases. He set LSU freshman records for 18 home runs. This is a guy who is a complete bat, a complete player. Quick bat speed with plus power. He handles his own well. Chases some changeups. Um, good outfielder. I mean, he can be a good center fielder. If not, they can move him to right. I'm very curious. So if he played in 62 games. 62 over 162. Have there been any comps thrown out there, Maddie? Two. I haven't seen anything specific. Is this how you do that math equation? Oh my goodness, don't ask me. My daughter's doing fractions right no, now. I'm put the do 22 fractions. at the put, top. Put the 22 at the top, he said. Okay. Okay, so I do 162 times 22. Divided by 62. You, we've made it very clear we're not a math pod. And you if I did thing. that math correctly, him hitting 22 home runs over a 62-game season would be equivalent, 57. whatever word you want to use, to hitting 57 home runs in a 162-game season. Yeah. Don't miss the half. Yeah. So, um, that's, so if you're that's a betting person, bet the over on 50 homers, yeah. In his first year. Um, so, yeah, he'll be excited to follow follow along with. That's the top prospect. The number two projected prospect is Chase Doolander. What a name. Tennessee right-handed pitcher, 21, said to be the best college pitching prospect since Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. So those two turned out to be okay if you go back and look at the record books. His 2022 stats. 16 games, 79 innings, a 2.3 ERA, only 13 walks to 108 Ks, and he went 10 and 0. Seventh best, best K to walk ratio in NCAA Division One wow. last year's season. His fastball peaks at 99, but he sits around 95 to 97, which is feels normal now, by the way. Uh, his elite swing and miss rate, which is what everybody looks for, managers including. Secondary pitch is a mid early slider, but just Tops had at 91 miles an hour. Guys, this is making me throw up. My fastball was at an average of 90. If you look at my Twitter bio, and these guys are throwing sliders and change-ups at 90. It right worked. Now. So it worked, though, Pete. 310. It did work. It did work. You're right. Uh, and he does have a upper 70s curveball and a upper 80s change-up. So he's got everything from 78 to 99. So tough guy to swing at, and that's why you get the big swing and misses. But holy cow, Chase Doolander. Good name, too. Yeah. Uh, staying in the SEC, duh, Wyatt Langford out of Florida, an outfielder. He's 21 years old. In 2022, he played in, wow, 
Hmm. He, wow. Okay. So 66 games for Wyatt, 356 average, which was better than our friend Dylan Cruz. Nine doubles, three triples, 26 home runs, which is better than our friend Dylan Cruz, 63 RBI, seven stolen bases, 36 walks to 44 strikeouts, not as good as Dylan Cruz, an 1166 OPS. He tied the Gator record and led the SEC with 26 home runs last year. This guy has five tool potential. Um, His strength is going to make him a power hitter, but he has well above average speed as well. Um. He played third base and catcher in high school, but left field for every game in Florida in 2022. And this is a guy who we could see move up to getting drafted number one or number two overall. Um, SEC, man. It's nuts to look at these numbers, by the way. Yeah. We're going to move down to number six on the projected list. Max Clark. I think I skipped Kelsey's second LSU guy. And I, I just want to note that the two guys that you skipped were also SEC guys. Mm-hmm. So the top five draft prospects are all coming out of the SEC. And then we have, after that, it's two high school guys and then Vanderbilt, Grand Canyon, Florida. Man, I feel like we usually see a high school kid up at least one in the top five, no? Usually, usually. a high school short stuff, yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, they're not even high school shortstops that are okay, sorry, go on. Max Clark. <laughs> Franklin Community High School. Speaking of high school kids, center fielder and a left-handed pitcher. So two-way guy. This is what's going to be interesting to see as what I'm going to really be paying attention to is because I think that in America, if you're a two-way guy, you sort of have to choose when you get to this level. You have to decide yeah. which way you want to go when you go to college or when you get to the Pro Bowl. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see whether some teams will allow guys to do both if they think the potential is there. Anyway, uh, highest ranked high schooler in draft rankings. Verbal commit to Vanderbilt, pretty decent school. His 2021-2022 junior year stats. 25 games played with a 577 average. That's right. Eight doubles two triples, nine home runs, 32 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, 31 walks, and only three strikeouts. That's a one Why are you laughing? That's insane. Those numbers are ridiculous. Three Ks, you kidding me? Yeah. The 1.84 OPS, he had a 966 fielding percentage in the outfield. He also threw 16 innings to a .44 ERA, gave up two hits, five runs, one earned run, two and O record, eight walks, and 39 punch outs. Strong athletic build, 6'1", 190. Just to give some reference, I was six foot 175 when I was that age. Uh, plus runner, top-ranked lefty bat with gap-to-gap power. Projected strength was going to get 20 homers easy, and he throws 97. So he's basically wow. Shohei Otani. 97 as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. I always take high school numbers with a grain of salt because like the guys like this who are really good are just going to tear up on every single person that they play. But the fact that he's throwing... I pay more attention to, especially when it comes to pitching, to velo for high schoolers, probably because I'm married to a high school pitching coach. Um, but yeah, if I mean, you're pumping '97, it's and you're like short of the, I guess the the representative tournaments and 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 yeah. travel ball stuff. You're not going to see that every day. Yeah, and he hasn't even gotten his man man strength yet. This dude's 18 years old. <sighs> I'm so glad I played when I did. Okay. Um, 
Moving down to number eight, we're skipping over another high school outfielder. Um, we move to Enrique Bradfield. He is a outfielder at Vanderbilt. He's 21 years old. He was the fastest player in the 2020 draft, um, but decided to go to Vanderbilt. So in 2022, in 62 games, he hit 317 with 10 doubles, five triples, eight home runs, 36 RBI, 46 stolen bases. He was never caught stealing. 46 stolen bases and was not caught stealing one time. Um, you're going to really like this. 41 walks to 40 strikeouts. How often do we see a guy who has more walks than strikeouts? A 913 OPS. Um, he had an eight. My gosh. He had an 86, 86 walks to 82 strikeouts in his first two seasons as well. Uh, that is insane and you pair that with his speed saying that he was the fastest guy in the 2020 draft um in 2021 he led the ncaa in stolen bases with 47 and he won sec freshman of the year so obviously this is a guy who has elite speed mm -hmm. um his defense is giving him kenny lofton comps um a little sneaky pop we say that eight home runs um but focuses more on contact and speed uh, a 433 OBP and two Vandy seasons. Um, so those are some guys you're going to be hearing them. You're going to be hearing about them a lot in this college baseball season. We're going to hear about them a lot and talk about them a lot leading up to the draft. But those are some guys to keep your eyeballs on. Yeah. Does the college baseball season finish? So is it, there's kind of carryover right into the, into the, playoffs and some guys when does it finish can we look that up uh, i'm looking it up right now okay so in 2022 the college world series began on june 16th to um and ran through june 17th but remember they pushed the draft back right. it, the draft used to be right around the same usually time. during super regionals um which i mean i was it's it's tough. I mean, I remember when I was in, I was in college and LSU was playing OU in super regionals. And, um, there were some guys, there was a rain delay and there, the draft had ended that day. And there were some guys who didn't get drafted, who were expecting to get drafted and rain delay. They have to go into the locker room and like reality sets in that they didn't, um, get drafted. Huh. And then they have to go back out there and finish the game. And, you know, one of the teams obviously lost. So it's like all of your dreams and like that span just. So anyway, they pushed the draft back to July and now there is no overlap um, with the College World Series in the draft. Right. Yeah. Okay. Specifically this year, College World Series is June 25th and 26th. MLB draft starts July 9th. Okay. So that, okay. Now that makes, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we were able to clear that up because that and plus the last two years have been so strange with everything being shifted yeah. around all over the place. So okay, good. Yeah. Um, but there are some there are some guys that we want to throw throw out there that are kind of like our top pick dark horses for the season. So there was Joe Ooh. Doyle. Um, he works for Prospects Lives. He made a list of some of those guys who can shoot up in the draft rankings over the next six months. So if you look at the last three seasons, a top two pick has shot up. So there was Heston Kurdstad, which I always have trouble saying. Well done. Name. 
Did I do that? I would have right? definitely. Um, I, I would have definitely pronounced the J. Was but he I think Arkansas? It's I think so. Arkansas. Um, anyway, in January, so the month that we are in, he was projected to go around 30th yeah. overall. That year, he ended up being drafted second overall. Henry Davis. Um, who mm -hmm. we've talked about a bunch in January around this time of year. He was projected to go around 20th overall. He was drafted first overall in 2021. And then, of course, this year's top draftee, Jackson Holiday, was just got engaged, right? Yes. He has a good looking girlfriend. I know that. Um, they were like awkwardly sitting directly behind the camera while we were playing the Marlins. Um, he was projected to go 45th overall and just freaking seven months later, he was drafted first overall. Um, what do you think? Do you think that's a, do you think that's on the people that do the lists in January or do you think that's on his, he's just, cause I can't imagine that he showed that much improvement in six months that he went from 45th to number one. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think that there's always, <coughs> I think, they're underestimated. They they perform really well, and then I think yeah. there's sometimes that guys are more okay getting drafted by organizations than other guys are. Like I think teams know that they can get this. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. Does a lot of that go on? Does a lot of that? So I I I would assume that if you're going to be in the top ten pick, and the Pirates have the first pick and the Dodgers have the seventh pick you'd be like, oh, look, I'll be honest with you. If you let me go to seven, there's more of a chance that I'll sign with you than there is that I'm not going to go to college. Guys care about organizations. Like that was something when Matt Holiday, I, I mean, I told this story a while ago, we had him on our broadcast, the, the game that his family was sitting directly behind the camera well in, in Miami. And Matt was saying that in these team meetings with organizations who are not winning, and don't necessarily have a clear path. He was asking them, like, what is your plan? What If my son's going to be in this organization, I want to know that he's going to be in an organization that's eventually going to be trying to win. So, like, what is your game plan mm. with where you're taking this organization? And he was really, really um, blunt and direct with these with these teams that he wants his son to be an organization who wants to win. Um, and I think that there are some conversations. Obviously, I've never sat in on a draft conversation, but I think... I mean, especially hearing him talk about that. Those those kinds of conversations do happen. And um... Well, it makes sense. If you're going to be in the big leagues for 10 years, you want to be somewhere where it's going to be competitive. You don't want to drag your feet and, and just yeah. show up and, and and get a number. You want to yeah. get some rings. Yeah. So here are two guys um, that we could see shoot up um, mm -hmm. from that article that Joe Doyle wrote. Do you want to lead it off? I want sure. to hear you Jack, say this. Jack Hurley. Yeah. Just thought you'd say that last name. Well, nice. Jack Hurley, Virginia Tech outfielder, 20 years old, ranked 37 on the draft board right now. 2022 stats in 58 games, hit 375, 23 doubles, one triple, 14 home runs and 55 stakes, 10 stolen bases and 32 walks to only 51 Ks with a 1.1 OPS. He's got really, really good bat-to-ball skills and raw power, which makes him five-tool capable, and he can play all three outfield positions. So look for him, Jack, Jack Hurley. Um, okay, Kyle Teal. He's a Virginia catcher. 
He's 20 years old. He's ranked 28th on the draft board currently. He withdrew from the 2020 draft to honor his Virginia Tech commitment. In 2022, remember, he's a catcher. 58 games, which is a full season. Um, hit 276 with 12 doubles, three triples. Three triples as a catcher. Um, six home runs, 45 RBI, three stolen bases. What's up, wheels? Um, 41 walks to 36 strikeouts and an 841 OPS. Uh, good average and power. He's gotten stuck in between being a good hitter with some pop or a pure power guy. Um, he has obviously extreme athleticism, especially for a catcher. His plus arm allows him to play the outfield as well, but he also could be a good second baseman or third baseman. Holy smokes. Just put this guy anywhere on the diamond. Um, and he has a really high baseball IQ, really good leadership skills. Um, we know that organizations really, really value that, especially in, um, a position like that. Um, yeah. Versatility is going to be the key. Versatility, yeah, I, I honestly think that that's going to be massive moving forward in this game. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can catch. I can play a corner. I can play middle infield. I can play the outfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing that I wanted to randomly talk about, and it's the WBC because that's Oof. coming up. Are you freaking fired up, Pete? I am fired up. Yeah. I am fired up. It's honestly, it's it's one of the most fun tournaments to watch. Um, and for a country like Australia, just to give you the perspective, it's really important that that we win a game. Obviously, our goal is to get through to the next round, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to do it yet. But as long as we win one of the games in our pool, that means that we are guaranteed not having to qualify and we get to come back to the next WBC. So for right now, we have the Czech Republic, we have China, we have Korea, and we have Japan, as well as obviously Australia, in our pool. So the goal needs to be to beat the Czech Republic, to beat China, and to try and beat one of either Korea or Japan, which is going to be a tough ask. But yeah. it's just in tournament play, anybody can beat anybody. You look at Team yeah. Israel, you look at, you know, you look at Colombia. Colombia had a good running against uh, the eventual champions uh, last WBC. So it's, it's, you have a starter that's that's on that day. We faced Jason Grilly in the first ever Jason game Grilly, that, that Australia played in the WBC back in 2006. And he threw a nine-inning complete game against us. So we just had no chance. And that was, he was pitching for Italy. We, look, we went into that tournament thinking, okay, we match up pretty well with Italy. Well, when Italy brings in Mike Piazza and Jason Grilly, we don't match up very well anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's, it can really be fascinating. And it's a, it's a true test to see Japan have got guys coming out of everywhere yeah. that throw a billion and every one of their top guys that are playing in the States have signed up to play for their team. So it's it's yeah. it's going to be really, really fun, man. Well, you talk about Australia having to beat Korea or Japan. I'm looking at um, there are some power rankings that came out on the first. Japan's ranked number three. Korea's ranked number seven. Mm. First in the rankings, who do you think it is? Um, it's got to be either Puerto Rico or U.S., the Dominican Republic. Oh, um, let me read some of these names on this roster. And this article is dated December 14th. So I'm sure there have been some guys added to this roster since then. But just looking at position players for the Dominican Republic, Vladdy, Jeremy Pena, Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, Raphael Devers, 
Um, Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, Teoscar Hernandez, Wander Franco. Those are just some of the position players. Okay, now going to starting pitchers. Sandy Alcantara, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Castillo, relief pitchers, Camilo Duvall, Diego Castillo, Emmanuel Classe, um, Gregory Soto, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Waldi Peralta, like stacked. Um, number two. And here's, here's the crazy part too, is that a lot of those guys play winter ball together still at this, yeah. at like, so they, they're, they're already played as a team before, whereas the U S team, I'm sure team USA, a lot of representatives have played together as well. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. keep going. Sorry. That's insane. And then USA is ranked second and I don't need, I mean, it's insane. The roster that, yeah. uh, team USA has put together. Number three is Japan. Number four is Venezuela, which I kind of want to look up that roster because I bet that one star studded too. Five is Mexico, which kind of um, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Six is Puerto Rico. Seven's Korea. Eight is Cuba. Nine's Colombia. Ten Netherlands. Um, our friends in Australia coming in eighteenth out of twenty that are on. Shock the world! Oh, I hear is shock the world. That's all I hear. Um, but yeah, that's going to be really fun to follow along with. And I believe we'll be potentially together. taping around that time. Um, yeah, we're going to be oh. together. So um, yeah, and Peter's going to have opinions on that. So that will be fun to follow along with. Is there anything else that anybody wanted to talk about before we go into Aussie lingo? I think we have covered beautifully. Yep. Okay, beautifully. Peter, 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 Peter. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Hmm. Ankle biter. We have. Dang it. Okay. But I don't remember what it is. Okay. I'm going to say mosquitoes. And if that's correct, then just go on to the next one. Not correct. Those uh, bracelets that you wear on your ankle? Anklets? <laughs> An ankle biter is a small or young child. When we use it in a sentence, mm, yeah. go and grab those bloody ankle biters, will you? We're going to the shops. Mm-hmm. Do kids bite ankles? I don't know if I want kids. Does that happen? If they bite your ankles? They don't bite your ankles. They bite everything else. All righty, guys. We love y'all. Thank you for um, all of the support. We're still here. Um, we love you guys. Farm on. This isn't Sprite, by the way. Just in case, I've had, this isn't. This is water that I filled up in a Sprite bottle. So just, mm. I'm not just pounding Sprite <laughs> during the whole episode. At nine o'clock in the morning in Australia, by the way. It is. 515 here. All righty, guys. Farm on. Farm often. We love you guys. See you later.